You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football and NFL at large for SportingNews.com. And SN, we are into the off-season mode. This is the lull here, the calm before the storm. We're going to have some mini camps open up there early June. We're going to have training camps in July. But first, I think what we need to do is now that we have the NFL free agency moves and the NFL draft in the books, we have a better idea of all these teams now in fantasy football. And what we're going to do is go through the divisions and to kind of look at uh, things you need to know overall, how these teams have changed, things that we're going to look out for, for the fantasy values of the four teams in each division here. And a little bit of a catch up to uh, if you haven't really seen what these teams have done or haven't been able to put together the big picture for these teams going forward. That's what we're doing here. And uh, I'll have more of these uh, off-season outlooks per team later, but we're going to do it by division here. You can follow me at Sporting News and on Vinny Iyer Twitter and Vinny Iyer Facebook as well as wherever you get your podcast to listen to this show. So let's dive right into it. We'll start with the first division, the marquee division in the NFL, it's the NFC East. And uh, you look at this offseason, it's been interesting. A lot of changes for the t- four teams involved here. Big changes in the backfield for one team. Big changes at quarterback for another team. Wide receiver. And then you have the Super Bowl champion. So let's go down this division in alphabetical order. We'll start with the Dallas Cowboys and the the Dallas Cowboys are always a good place to start with anything because they're America's team. They're the most controversial team. Sometimes we don't know what's going on, but we'll go through each step here through the positions. We'll start at quarterback with Dak Prescott. We know he's still the starter. He's got very young backups now with a Mike White drafted in the fifth round. Cooper Rush last year's undrafted free agent. So this is all Dak Prescott on this team. No backups there. So really, if he goes down, you're not going to really look to the Cowboys QB as a source of production. But good news, he's been rather durable. And I think they'll try to increase his durability here. He's done a quite a bit of running, but it's been picking his spots where he hasn't done too much in uh try to get in the line of fire. He does a good job protecting his body, a la Russell Wilson. So in terms of durability for fantasy football, it's there. What I like to see, and I think we'll see from this Cowboys offense, is more intermediate throws, shorter throws. So maybe a little bit more volume, maybe not those big plays downfield, but I think that should help him overall. Shorten up his stroke, maybe get some more looks in the red zone, help his own running at times. And having Ezekiel Elliott from the get-go there to play off him is going to be very helpful for Dak Prescott. So played his best football when Elliott is out there giving a compliment in both the passing and his own running game. So I expect Prescott to bounce back. I don't expect him to be spectacular, but 
because of the Elliott presence, you're going to get some good production from him, some very strong QB1 days. And uh, I think the evolution of this passing game is going to be seen here. And that transitions to the changes at wide receiver. They're pretty big here. Des Bryant, we know, was let go here. So still have Terrence Williams. We know Terrence Williams has done nothing in fantasy. Cole Beasley, very limited in fantasy. So you have Deontay Thompson in the mix coming over from the Bills. Alan Hearns from the Jaguars. And then you have Tavon Austin, who kind of will play the old Lance Dunbar role, the kind of receiving back hybrid. So I don't know if he's going to be the main slot guy over Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's still very productive and has a good chemistry with Prescott. So I think Austin is going to be more in that role, so not much that you would look at in fantasy, much like he was with the Rams. Cole Beasley, we're not that high on, because Alan Hearns can also play the slot play outside pretty well so the guy that I'm looking at most of this wide receiver core going in with limited limited uh, looks here as a wide receiver three just because there's so many guys here with Williams Beasley and Thompson as well is Alan Hearns and then I'm looking at his production from Jacksonville knowing that he's had some fantasy relevance in the past when he's been out there especially in PPR leagues he can be one of those guys can get six catches for 70 yards maybe not light it up but Overall, it's just hard with no Des Bryant because Bryant has been such a big part of this offense, yet still not high, high production, and the trickle-down hasn't been there for other guys to realize who else is going to help. But uh, I look at uh, Michael Gallup, the third-round rookie they added there. It's uh, an interesting draft pick for sure because Gallup, developmental guy, but has a lot of good qualities. We'll see how far he can go up the depth chart. It's really hard because the Cowboys didn't end up with DJ Moore or Cortland Sutton or Calvin Ridley, so not like a ready receiver that could have helped them produce here. It's Gallup, and there's a crowd here at wide receiver. So right now I'm limited looking at Alan Hearns as a potential wide receiver 3 PPR. I'm just going more for the floor, and I'm not feeling a big ceiling so far in this uh, Patriots passing game in relation to the wide receivers. Now we do look at the tight ends, and there's a remix here tight end as well Jason Witten the breaking news earlier last week was the fact that he is leaving retiring taking over Monday Night Football as the color analyst there with John Gruden leaving so Jeff Swaim Rico Gathers and Blake Jarwin are the tight ends now of note with some veteran experience and that lines up very well for Dalton Schultz, the tight end they took in the fourth round out of Stanford. We know Stanford has had some pretty good results at tight end, namely Zach Ertz. Austin Hooper flashed, we know, for the Falcons. I think he could do a little bit more there, but it is a pretty good tight end factory in Stanford. So Dalton Schultz we're going to be watching, and he might have more upside than some of the things at wide receiver here because he's an athletic guy, can catch the ball. They need a red zone guy to step up here. Schultz is the guy, I mean, You'll get Swaim and Gathers and Jarwin. This is not much of competition here. So Schultz has the clearest path at his position for targets while there's a bit of a crowd at wide receiver. So I'm going to watch Schultz very carefully. I think when you look at some of the other tight ends that were taken, uh, some receivers involved for sure. And, uh, but you look at Schultz ahead of uh, Mike Geske, went to the Dolphins, and Dallas Godard, who went to the Eagles, I think Schultz has a clearer path to producing here, even as a fourth-round pick. So the talent 
fourth rounder is going to dictate how far he can go. But if he carves out a prominent role, watch out in fantasy football. We'll circle back to the easiest thing to know about the Cowboys. In fantasy, it's Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, with Elliott, it's uh, pretty easy. He is going to be your RB1. He's going to be arguably one of the top three picks in fantasy right up there with Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, maybe a little bit ahead of David Johnson. David Johnson coming off the injury, but I think that's kind of your Mount Rushmore and Ezekiel Elliott. We'll find out exactly when we where we want to take him. I think the Austin pickup, having a little bit more depth at wide receiver, hurts Elliott in terms of his receiving ability, but he's still a plus-plus talent, and uh, he's going to be locked in and have a big year. I think the rest from uh, taking some time off in the middle of last year is really going to help him here in year three. Now, the question is who's going to be the main backup for him. There's no more Darren McFadden. They got Jameez Olawale at fullback. We know he was a pinch guy for the Raiders there but rod smith right now looks like the backup and was the most effective there at times for ezekiel so right now i would say he goes in as a handcuff they also use a seventh round pick on bo scarborough from alabama just a straight up power runner in the uh, derrick henry type mode but smith right now is pretty well rounded i would expect he's the guy that you want to look at behind elliott now we're talking a lot about teams as we go through these uh, division by division catch-ups and uh, kind of mini previews for the offseason and uh, the best way to track all your favorite teams is by checking out all the team podcasts on the Locked On NFL Network whether it's the Cowboys, Giants, Redskins or Eagles you're covered here on the network and uh, keep in mind that we're also doing great things with the NBA for the teams that are still in the playoffs uh, powering through going to the finals and uh, the teams getting ready for the draft in June as well so Team by Team podcast, they're all over this uh, great Locked On network. NFL, NBA, and MLB, we've got you covered. Now let's continue with our next team that we'll look at. We'll stay in our old alphabetical order. It's the New York Giants, and big change with the Giants. They have a new coach there in New York. It's a... Uh, Pat Shermer coming over there from the Vikings and the offensive coordinator there. He hires Mike Chula, the offensive coordinator that was with the Panthers. James Betcher takes over the defense. So a completely new coaching staff here. We'll start with the quarterback here. It's not a new quarterback. It's still Eli Manning. They did draft one there in Kyle Loletta, the fourth-round pick there from Richmond. He'll compete with the third-round pick from Cal Davis-Webb to see who could be the successor to Eli Manning. But right now, Eli Manning's still entrenched as a starter. They don't have a veteran behind him. So he's going to be the guy. They're going to hope that he does his job for one more year here. But So they're trusting in Eli. And remember, Odell Beckham Jr., he is not going anywhere. The one guy that they did move was uh, Brandon Marshall. He's not in this mix anymore, but that's good news for Beckham and Sterling Shepard, they did add Cody Latimer there from Denver. So he is in the mix here. So he is going to fight for those number three looks, maybe a guy that can be on the outside. They really like to use Shepard in the slot. But uh, they had Roger Lewis Jr. outside there a little bit last year. But I would expect this is still to be Beckham Shepard is the main targets for Eli Manning. So 
Eli, again, we're not looking for big things from him in fantasy, but there's a little bit more potential with Beckham Jr. healthy for the long haul. Sterling Shepard, remember, he missed a lot of time as well, as well as Marshall, so they didn't really have any solid options there. But I think this offense, when you look at it, uh, it's still Beckham and Shepard for Eli as the main targets, and uh, everyone else is just a bit of a trickle-down there in the wide receiver core. But I think Eli Manning is clearly a QB2 for me. Just the play last year, even with the talent around him, I'm still not buying it. Now, you look at uh, Beckham, I think he's locked in as a wide receiver one. I'm liking Shepard as a wide receiver two in this situation without Marshall in this mix and nobody else that you feel great about. Latimer still is a bit of a project here. So that's how I look at the wide receiver core of note. And then you have Evan Ingram at tight end. I think this guy is definitely a tight end one. They're going to keep him involved here. Remember Pat Sherman, Pat Shermer, with the situation in... Minnesota, he had uh, Stefan Diggs as kind of that outside game breaker, number one, like in this vein of Beckham. Shepard is more like the Adam Thielen here, the slot guy. They can make some plays as well and be maybe high volume as number two, maybe steadier from week to week. But Beckham, we know the talent a little bit more than Diggs has. So I'd say overall, Beckham and Shepard have more upside than uh, Diggs and Thielen. And uh, you look at Evan Ingram, their parallel there is Kyle Rudolph. So a lot of good red zone licks are going to come Ingram's way. So I'm feeling very confident about Ingram as a tight end one this year. Very productive there for the Giants. Uh, as a young tight end, he's going to evolve a little bit more. So I really like that. And with the uh, offensive line, you got Nate Solder there and uh, getting a uh, Will Hernandez in the draft. I'll also have Patrick Omeme. So some good options there to replace what they had in uh, Justin Pugh and Weston Richburg. And Richburg had injuries that kind of hurt him. Pugh as well kind of went down. But now their left side is looking good with probably Solder and Hernandez starting. And that's very important for Manning and the passing game. It's also important for the running game where we know things have completely changed here. They had uh, Paul Perkins and... Shane Vereen, Orleans Darkwa. Wayne Gallman had the most upside, I think, there. He's returning, but here comes Saquon Barkley. We saved the best for last on the Giants. Barkley is going to be the man in this backfield. Jonathan Stewart is just a guy, backup now, power back, needed. It's not going to be a Stewart-Christian McCaffrey-type situation with the veteran rookie in Carolina from last year. Barkley is going to be the three-down back here, so... If you're looking for a backup, I think it's going to be very hard because you're looking at a combination of Stewart and Gallman, probably in a committee there to uh, play off Barkley. So no real handcuff for Barkley. Stewart, I don't expect to get a lot of touches. Maybe a few red zone things he could pilfer from Barkley a la his Panthers work. But Barkley locked into me as an RB1. I could see him go early as a second round in a lot of fantasy drafts in the third round. And uh, check out if you haven't. Check that show. My initial fantasy football rookie rankings are up there as well on sportingnews.com. That brings us to our third team in alphabetical order in the NFC East. It's definitely not last and definitely not least. It's the Super Bowl champion Eagles. And Eagles will start with the fun part is the quarterback situation. We're going to watch this very carefully. And this might be the only team where you consider handcuffing the quarterback 
if you're worried about Carson Wentz and the ACL, we'll watch that carefully. So will the Eagles. You know Nick Foles and what he can do and how high he can produce. Now Foles in the regular season before his uh, Super Bowl 52 run, successful MVP and all that, he did have ups and downs, had one big game, one really shaky game. But it's the kind of the, getting the keys to this uh, Ferrari here that is the Eagles offense. So Wentz and Foles. Wentz we're going to lock into as a high-end QB1. Foles is going to be one of the better QB2s just because if anything happens to Wentz or he, his recovery is a little bit off that we're going to trust Foles in there. So I'm excited about Carson Wentz. I think he's a top five QB1 for sure with this offense. And uh, we're going to go from there. Now, you look at the Eagles offense, they did lose uh, They did lose Torrey Smith there. So a little bit of a change up at wide receiver. But still Alshon Jeffrey, we know, locked in as a wide receiver one. Nelson Aguilar produced at times like a wide receiver two. But I think he's more like a wide receiver three. They love Mac Hollins. They did sign Mike Wallace. But I think Mac Hollins is going to get the first shot. You look at some other guys there. Shelton Gibson, Rashard Davis, Bryce Treggs, Marcus Wheaton. Mike Wallace, Marques Wilson, a lot of guys that they've collected there. But I still like Matt Collins. They really like this guy outside. So Torrey Smith, remember, was on the blip there. But I think it's going to be Jeffrey, wide receiver one, Aguilar, wide receiver three. Hollins, maybe occasionally we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, he could be a flash that you can use in certain matchups. But for right now, Eagles passing game is still pretty much the same, except Smith and his name has been changed to someone else there for the quarterbacks and uh when you look at tight end Zach Ertz still a stud here high end tight end one could be arguably the first pick there was right up there with Gronkowski so I'm, I'm gonna say a top three for sure tight end when Zach Ertz they did uh, improve the backup situation there with Trey Burton being gone they still got Dallas Godert in the draft he's a second round pick on him so I think Trey Burton was good, but Godard has a lot of receiving upside. Also, Richard Rodgers was added, so Godard might need a while before contributing, but right now I think Rodgers is the backup to Ertz. Ertz is still far ahead, a tight end one, nothing else to look at here on this team, unless something happens to Ertz. We know last year Burton was effective when Ertz had to miss time there, so that's something we'll watch. Now, that saves the best situation, the most interesting one, with drama for last. That would be the running backs and uh, it's changed a little bit here quite a bit there's no more Legarrette Blunt in this mix now Wendell Smallwood comes back healthy so does Darren Sproles so Smallwood and Sproles are now in this mix no more Blunt going forward so it's a little bit more well defined with what you have here only three guys and uh, Corey Clement behind them in this mix so how does it break down? I think Ajayi is going to be more of a workhorse. Losing Blunt is going to help his value because they're looking to him a little bit more in the red zone. They didn't trust him as much to close drives inside the 20 as much as they needed to last year. So that could change here because when you look at Smallwood, Sproles, and Clement, none of those guys, including Donnell Pumphrey, a lot of scat back types in this mix behind Ajayi. Smallwood may get his chance, but he's got to do a lot to prove himself here. In this mix, so Ajay, it's all working out nicely for him to get a bulk of the early down work. He, we know he can be dynamic as a receiver as well, so he's he should lead this team easily in touches, probably 15 a game here. So 
I'm locking in a Jai just because it's a bit of a crowd as an RB2 that I really like in fantasy football for right now. I think Sproles, interesting to see how much they get him involved here. But I would say Clement is the guy that I want after. Even Smallwood there, Sproles in the mix, Pumphrey maybe coming back from his injury. Clement is the guy that we know has produced and has done a lot of good things in this offense. So that's who I'm looking at here for the Eagles backfield in that pecking order, Jai as a RB2 and Clement as a priority stash on your team just because he's part of this uh, explosive offense. Now, who are the next great stars in fantasy football? Well, Lockdown NFL Draft has done a great job recapping all the picks and rookies, and now they're already looking forward to next year. So check out that show with the John Ledyard, Trevor Sikma. They do a great job looking ahead and always scouting. So already flipping the page to 2019. If you missed any of the 18 stuff, those shows are up on the Lockdown NFL Network, but they're going to be turning their attention to scouting these guys in college, the guys that are going to come out next year and a lot of special talent across the board that uh, we can look at. So check out that for sure on the network, even after the NFL draft. Now, the final team we're going to look at is probably the least interesting for fantasy football purposes. That's the Washington Redskins, last in alphabet order, last in fantasy excitement for sure in this division. So let's look here at the first thing that we have to say is Jay Gruden kept his job, but new quarterback here, Kirk Cousins gone, Alex Smith in as the new starter. And they kind of picked up Alex Smith in advance of moving Kirk Cousins. So they didn't really move him. They just decided not to uh, sign him to a long-term deal after franchising tagging him twice. Alex Smith just, I know he had the flashes for the Chiefs. It was very good early, very good late. He had some f- more fantasy relevance than ever before, but I really don't like the situation. He's got Colt McCoy and Kevin Hogan behind him, so McCoy stays around. Hogan, a guy that uh, was in Kansas City originally, went to Cleveland, so some of this offense tie in there at the West Coast. It's a pure West Coast quarterback group here with Smith, McCoy, and Hogan. Now, Smith, I just don't trust too much at all. I think there's a reason that they saw the upside of Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, even though Smith had success, one of his best year, arguably his best season in the NFL for any team, yet they decided to move on. So that says something where people are not too excited about the ceiling of Alex Smith. The floor is pretty good, and I think he probably hit his peak last year, and still there was a big stretch where he was totally ineffective in fantasy football. So to me, he's a far-removed QB, too. And part of the reason is the receiving core that I don't love here. They added Paul Richardson, bit of a one-trick guy, speedster, makes some big plays. Needs to round himself off and do a little bit better receiver. He had some flashes there, did some scoring. But Richardson's still working in this mix. It is a good West Coast offense for him here, that uh, good transition from Seattle. But still a lot of things that I'm questioning Richardson and his value here coming over as a free agent. It's kind of a mix. I think Jameson Crowder is still the guy that I would trust the most here to do the most consistent work in the PPR. So I'm still looking at his wide receiver three, maybe a two in a PPR because the volume. Richardson is definitely a three at best here. And uh, Josh Doxson, I need to see a lot more. I know he's got a big body and can score, but between these three guys, Doxson, I don't like as much. I would say a guy go Crowder, Richardson, Doxson, that. Doxson might have better value in standard leagues if he can really take advantage of his body and score, but... 
for right now, Crowder is the guy with, in terms of the volume and production that I'm looking at still being the guy here in Washington. As Alex Smith enters, we have to see who he uh, kind of connects with the most here among these three receivers. It's a pretty key. I think I just like Crowder and his combination. We'll see if Richardson can be what Tyree Kill was there. But again, the deep ball and all that with Richardson. Crowder's the underneath guy, the most trust trustiest guy, and he's a pretty good red zone scorer as well. So I would expect Crowder to be that guy. We'll just watch that carefully in training camp. At tight end, at Jordan Reed, what can you say? He's still there. We know the Travis Kelsey connection with uh, Alex Smith. So Reed was not cut. We'll see if that relationship works out well. Vernon Davis is around as the backup. And remember, Alex Smith and Vernon Davis go back to San Francisco. So there could be a connection there as well. If something happens to Reed, we know Davis is at time. But Davis and Smith is something I'm going to watch if Reed has more some in- injury issues. But Reed, I'm looking at, I just can't trust totally as a high-end tight end one. I'm going to take him as a back-end tight end one. If he's healthy, we know what he can do. But I would make sure I get a high back him and maybe somebody like Davis with that Smith connection. But Reed, again, you just have to be careful. Proceed always with caution because of his injury and uh, durability track record. Now, we look at uh, the final piece here, the final team in the NFC East, the running game. And uh, Darius Geis, that's probably the most interesting development more, a lot more than Alex Smith. This guy's second-round pick from LSU. Rob Kelly, we know, can't stay healthy. He'd had a good year as a college undrafted free agent in 2016, but since then, a lot of injuries. Can't stay on the field. Can't stay reliable. So much P. Ryan. I think Jay Gruden was trying his best to not put him in the doghouse, but big mix here with uh, Capri Bibbs and Keith Marshall and all those guys. So I think those guys are going to go by the wayside in terms of relevance an early down potential. So Geis versus Kelly. I expect Geis to win that battle. Geis can do a little bit of receiving, but I don't like him at all in PPR. That's because Chris Thompson's around. So Chris Thompson is still going to be a relevant part of this offense. We've seen that before with the Chiefs, the receiving backs, uh, whether it's uh, Jamal Charles or Kareem Hunt. For a while, Spencer Ware can do some things in the receiving game. So Chris Thompson is definitely on my radar as an RB3, maybe RB2 borderline in a PPR, but... Guys, I'm looking at as an RB3 right now until we know for sure that he's ahead of Kelly on this depth chart and to see how much of a passing game role he's going to have ahead of Thompson. So all those things are something to consider with the Redskins backfield. But again, RB3 for guys, RB2-3, I think more two if he's in a PPR league because of how important Thompson can be to this offense and the history of Smith throwing underneath there. So... There you have it so far, looking at the Redskins and the entire NFC Easter, playing a little catch-up from the offseason, if there's anything you missed there. This is getting you up to speed and getting your advanced scouting report for all the teams in this division. We'll go through all the divisions, so check out the shows coming up here. Uh, we'll go around. We have seven more of these divisions to talk about. Exciting stuff. Finally, teams and players that we can get excited about for the 2018 Fantasy football season before then the draft, so this hopefully will help you stack your board. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time with the next division.